I just think pursuing your passion is the greatest thing that you could do in life. Um, I read a quote somewhere the other day. It says that you don't have to be great to start, but you can, you have to start to be great. Welcome to the AESD Scoop, connecting beyond the classroom to bring you conversations pertaining to our children, the future generation. Connecting with local and national experts to answer igniting questions the kids of tomorrow face. Connecting to bring you trustworthy resources, advice, and expertise for modern day families. Tune in on Wednesday. This is the AESD Scoop. Hello, AESD listeners, and welcome back to AESD Scoop. It is our podcast where we have members of our community, uh, community partners, and in this case today, we have an amazing author who is a member of our local community and she has some exciting news to share with us. Abby, please reintroduce yourself. Hi, so my name is Abby Salaya. I'm currently a freshman attending NAU, and I just published my second book in my fantasy series, A Throne of Their Own. Um, Two Red Flames, the second book is called A Throne of Their Own. Absolutely super excited to have you back, Abby. We had a conversation last year when I'd learned about your first book, and I would love for our listeners to hear just a little bit about it. Now, you can't tell them everything because they have to read the book, Um, but I would love to have you kind of just lay the groundwork of how you got here. Yes. So about the book series itself, it's a fantasy series, primarily young adult um, for high school audiences and up. It follows two sisters on two separate journeys, but they sort of intertwine in the middle. There's lots of kingdoms and magic and romance as well. So while one sister is finding her journey to um, become the next queen, the other sister discovers she has magic and she has to go on a journey to discover what that means for her. And the second book is just sort of picks up where the first book leaves off. So I can't say much there. You definitely can't say because that's a real cliffhanger for certain. And and I will tell you, I had the pleasure of reading your first book. I haven't yet been able to read your second. I'm super excited for it because you did leave it as, at a cliffhanger. It was like, okay, well, when's this next book coming? Because all along, Abby, you knew there was another book. And in, in fact, we'll talk in a minute about the and to that, right? But tell our listeners about that that whole thought process you went through when even as you're writing your first book, you're already anticipating the second book. Right. So when you're writing, it's a journey and you start with these characters and you have to uh, condense their story into however many pages um, is best for them. So when you have a character, you need to complete their full arc. And I knew that um, for my characters, one book wasn't going to be enough. And then I started working on the second one. I'm like, well, two books isn't going to be enough, but three will be absolutely perfect. So three will be enough to give it closure and wrap it all up. Oh, that is perfect. I, I just heard you use an expression I've never heard before, the arc of a character. Can you delve deeper into that, please? Yeah. So every character goes along a main journey. They have um, a progression, just like any human does. You know, we're faced with a lot of... Um, tasks and difficulties and we have to overcome them and we have to progress as a character um with like uh as like a person um with our morals and things like that so characters go through the same things and they have to resolve different things throughout their story and in order for them to grow properly um it might take 
however many pages that it does. Okay, so have you been in a situation where in 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 your mind and in your heart, your characters, you know, arc or journey in their development, um, just just gets bigger and bigger, and you're like, hold on a second, I need to scale it back, or maybe it's incomplete. Uh, just kind of thinking about like, can you think about maybe not a character from one of your current books, but maybe another character that you were trying to develop and any challenges you may have had while developing those characters? Yeah, definitely. So um, when I was before I started writing the second book, I was also developing um, another series that I eventually want to get into. Well, it's actually going to be a standalone book. It's going to be a darker fantasy and it's going to follow um, two women and their story, but not in like a sisterly aspect, more of a romance aspect. And so a lot of those characters, I had um, a lot more trouble developing because they were newer. I had these characters in the back of my mind for quite some time, but these other characters, I knew where I wanted their stories to start, but I had no idea where I wanted them to end. And even let's say that I figured out the ending, there was just the middle where it's like, what are they going to do for 300 pages that <laughs> is going to be appealing and is actually going to be beneficial um, for them, you know? Okay, I love what you're saying, bene beneficial to them. Meaning, when I hear you talking about this, I mean, Abby, I don't know if you know this, but I have two daughters. So in, in my world, it's like I, my, I'm constantly thinking about different activities and opportunities and experiences that will benefit them, right? That will help them to grow and develop. And I hear kind of that same nurturing um, piece in, in you as you're talking about the characters in your book. Yeah, um, you become really close with the characters in your book, not in like a weird way, just like, you know, you grow with them and they not in a weird way. This is good. <laughs> sort of like, um, like little parts of yourself. So obviously you care for your characters, just like when you read other people's books and you fall in love with their characters and you just want the best for them. Okay, that's so, so very true. And interesting how you just said in part, part of you, like you are living their journey because to some extent they are an extension of you every single one of your characters must be some sort of an extension of you maybe in a way of this is you know maybe maybe the villain right this is an extension of me in a way that i don't want to explore like i can identify it this is not who i want to be this is these are characteristics that i don't want to have but i can use those as the uh, developing a character that is incredibly well developed i would imagine that is based singularly on things you don't want to be or want to have in your life yes very much so wow Okay, so tell us, please, and because I asked you the first time around of of the the environment or the setting of uh, that your characters are living in. And again, don't give anything away because I right. really want your listeners to explore it and live it. But as you're doing that, can you also see that? Can you also envision it in your mind as you're writing? Yes, I can. So my story takes place um, on Earth. There's no other planet, but the, the way that it's split up is that every single continent is divided into three kingdoms. And for every continent, there's a goddess who sort of oversees and protects um, the people that live in the kingdoms. And of course, there's leaders for every kingdom. So my book takes place in Europe and explores the three kingdoms that are there. Um, yeah, don't want to say too much about how that progresses, but 
I can see it. It's very nice to like, have an image in my mind. And what's interesting is everybody's going to have a different image of what my book looks like to them. And I think that's really awesome. Oh, that is super interesting. Kind of like art, you know, in the sense of people react differently or, or get emotion from looking at a picture. One, one image could be, you know, very visceral for someone and another could be very heartwarming for someone else, just based off of maybe also who they are and the experiences that they've had that have led them to it. But there are no pictures in your books, no, no illustrations not, yeah. at all. I, I definitely recall that. However, the front cover, do you, <laughs> yes. how did you decide on the front cover? Well, I sort of had an idea for it and I knew I'm not very good at art. Art is not my strong suit. So I actually hired um, a wonderful illustrator to do the cover for me. Um, her name is Rena Violet and she also worked with me on the second cover. So I sort of just brought an idea to her. Um, I knew I wanted something very clean looking. I didn't want people mm -hmm. on my cover. I wanted like sort of an idea for my cover. So I sketched it out and then I gave it to her and she transformed it into something really beautiful. So when you first gave this kind of here, the, this is what I'm thinking. I sketched this out and did she pick your brain? Did she, you know, ask for more details to be able to really get deeply into what you were thinking, what you were feeling about it? Yeah, she did. She did lots of revisions with me. So if something wasn't the way I liked, she would go in and fine tune it. I would say the overall idea stayed the same, but you know, um, the details with what was on the throne, like what was engraved um, into the chair was something that we worked through, especially in the second one. Um, what colors, like the little bubble in the spine would be that said it was the first book, things like that. Yeah. All of those absolute fine details that distinguish your book from another book, um, whether, you know, as you said, visually, that's something that certainly, what is it? Uh, don't, don't judge a book by its cover, but yeah. we all know that's the first thing you see, right? Yes. Everyone does it. Absolutely. So that's the first thing you see. And then the second thing, of course, is the title, right? That, yeah. so talk to, talk to us about how you developed your titles. The titles are actually the hardest part. I would say right now I'm currently working on book three and it's just called book three because I have no idea what I want to name it. And it probably won't come to me until I've finished the entire thing. Usually there's a phrase or a line in my books that I really like, and that sort of gives it its name. I'll either pick out a few or something with the setting, something that's really important and will stand out. So that way when readers are reading my book, when they stumble across it, they'll be like, Oh, that's why it's named why it's named. Yeah. Oh, Abby, I love how you talk about your readers and how you, you're so intentional about engaging them even while you're writing, right? Uh, so as, as you're writing and you're like, oh, this really resonated with me, I'm going to put that aside and maybe that will be the title and, or morphs or it shifts or whatever. But it's with the intention of your reader to be able to connect with you as the author. Yeah. Okay, how did you figure all of this out? I've asked this before. I'm I I'm I'm blown away, even more so than I was the first time I've met you. This is just phenomenal, and you're I I, I just want to keep asking you questions. So you can tell me at any point. Stop. Oh my gosh, no! Thank you. <laughs> oh, you are amazing. Oh my gosh. So tell us seriously, how'd you do this? 
Well, I'm still sort of figuring out, figuring it out. It's a learning process. I would say that in regards to grammar and even structure, my sec my second book is a lot stronger than the first one, just because I've had a lot more experience. Um, I learned things during the editing process. I learned that I need to go through it more times. I learned things with spacing. So then I learned things through people's reviews too. People will leave me comments and sometimes they're nice, sometimes they're not, and that's okay. Oh. And you just take constructive criticism and you looked at things, you try objectively, even though like sometimes it hurts emotionally, you try to look at it yes. from an objective point of view and then work and grow from there. Okay, once again, and just another way that you absolutely blow my mind around your maturity around this, because this is your heart and this is, you know, your, your, your work and your efforts and to have someone, uh, you know, give maybe some not so kind feedback and yet you're able to put it in the lens from which it comes, maybe, because then of course, you're not dialoguing with this person, you're reading it, right? You're reading someone else. <laughs> and so so oh, you probably go through every span of emotions, I would think, and then kind of get to the spot of, okay, let me put this into the right spot. This person's giving me feedback and how, how can this feedback help me? Yeah, I would say there's um, bits of truth in everything. Some people just aren't going to like what you put out and that's okay because everybody has different tastes. You know, sometimes I read something and I'm like, wow, I really didn't like that, but that doesn't diminish the hard work that the author put into writing that story. Good so point, right. Yeah. It, it may not resonate with you. It may not be, you know, your style or your type or your genre or whatever. Um, and yet you still have respect for the craft and, and yeah. the person who put the, the effort into it. Well, that's a message for all of us, right? That mm -hmm. something, you know, someone may be presenting something and, and kind of like, okay, that wasn't, that wasn't you know, something that I particularly cared for, but it doesn't mean that it's, it's not of value and of worth. And certainly that someone else may love, which right. now that's a lesson to be learned, right? <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Most art isn't objectively good or bad. It resonates with certain people. Um, and like certain people will take things from it and really like it. And some people will just be like, that wasn't for me and that's okay. <laughs> right. Or it was neutral, right? Cause that's, yeah. that's also true. It's like, oh, that was good. Like that yeah. entertained me. Right. I don't have any super strong opinions on it. Nothing super negative either. Just liked yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So you are already well into book three. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's in your head. Yes. Yeah. But I think it's also, as you said, it's been in your head and heart since kind of the beginning. You, you right. knew you were on a, a, a journey of three books. And at the same time, you're, you're balancing another book that's kind of playing out in your head and characters that are playing out in your head. Um, is that challenging kind of, cause they sound like they're two different books. Do you find yourself sometimes marrying the two and like, okay, hold on. Those don't go together. Separate. Well, it's challenging for me because I'm currently working on two different pieces. So I have a poetry book that I want to put out soon. And then mm -hmm. I have this book that I mentioned earlier, the darker fantasy, but I don't really want to get into that one until I finish this one. That one maybe has like 10,000 words. And I decided I'm just going to sort of take a pause because if I get too into this book, I will never finish the series. And I like to start what I finish, uh, finish what I started. So um, I know some people want to read the third book and I would like to 
close it up and have closure for all of my characters and for myself to say that, you know, I finished a book series and then I can sort of set those characters aside and truly work and develop um, my next projects. Okay, so, uh, wow. I have to say, I'm absolutely amazed again at, at the maturity of, of saying that, that, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm prioritizing this. I'm focusing on that. I do recall you talking, talking to us about your poetry book the last time we spoke. I love the fact that you're continuing to move forward with that. The and, and, and that maybe our listeners don't know is that you're now a freshman at NAU. Yeah. All right. Just, just for our listeners, tell us a little bit about your life there. How fabulous is it? I really enjoy it. I think college is definitely a learning process and it's an adjustment. Um, it's very much romanticized and I think you just have to, <laughs> yeah, you kind of, when you get there have to be like, okay, well, this isn't exactly what it's portrayed to be, but I can make it my own and I can make it good. So I'm currently studying journalism and I just added another degree in English with an emphasis in creative writing. So I'm looking forward to taking classes for that new major as well as continuing my um, degree in journalism. Oh, that is amazing. I'll tell you, Abby, I have a, my oldest daughter who just graduated from U of A last year, and my youngest is a freshman at ASU. And uh, well, between the three of you, you've met the trifecta of our Arizona universities. But, but what I want to say is that uh, I agree 100%. What a great piece of advice to anyone of, you know, what, what you had in your head, maybe not quite be the reality of what's going to happen. And by the way, the dorm rooms are much smaller than what you ever thought they could possibly be, right? You want me yeah. to live in what, right? But I have Very true. <laughs> a car full of, of stuff that I, that are precious and need to be with me, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. But you're, you're able to juggle the workload, a full load, and then some, and be an accomplished writer. And, and I'm sure having an amazing opportunity to meet new people and to explore a new place. Uh, I just, I'm absolutely blown away by you. I, I can't, I can't stop saying that because it really is uh, just absolutely mind filling and heart filling what you're able to do. And I can only imagine how proud you are of yourself. I hope you are. Well, thank you. Yes, absolutely. I, I am proud of myself. <laughs> there are some times, you know, where I'm like, I could be doing more, but I'm like, I already do so much already. So <laughs> I don't know where you'd find time to do more. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I could. Well, I am super excited to read your second book and just huge congratulations on this next accomplishment in your, in your life. And I look forward to talking to you after you get that third book done. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Any advice for our listeners, any, any potential writers out there, any last words you might want to share? Um, yeah. So I just think pursuing your passion is the greatest thing that you could do in life. Um, I read a quote somewhere the other day and I believe I, I will provide it for you after this. So that way you okay. can include who it's by, but it says that you don't have to be great to start, but you can, you have to start to be great. So, you know, you don't have to be amazing at something to give it a try, but you know, maybe you'll develop it and hone it and it'll just be something really awesome. So don't let anybody um, discourage you from trying something that you love because it's really rewarding just for yourself to be able to 
do what you like. Abby, thank you so much for sharing that, sharing what's in your head and heart and sharing your absolute amazing gift of writing with all of us.